Michelle! I have so many questions right off the bat. So there is a little bit of violence here. Is this show killing people? Like a whole bunch of people went to sleep and never woke up again. So I took the quiz. Oh, I have anxiety and depression. They're pretty bad. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Yes. I'm, I'm really jealous of people who don't have to listen to themselves all the time because I'm a lot. Is it because you're an android? Diamonds, Michelle. Okay, okay. Just feel like, you know what? I'm gonna give the kids something nice. I'm gonna give them the Yule Log. I'm so proud of us. For those of you who are like, my God, Michelle, you are too much. Chill out. It's McDonald's fault. Bad, 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 bad. Something good has to be coming. Welcome to Agreement. I am Catherine. And I'm Michelle. And this is our podcast where every other week we bring you three things. A weird thing. A pop culture thing. And a research thing. And then we smoosh them together into something we think is smooshable. And maybe even useful. Yeah, sometimes we refer to it as a little fortune cookie. Well, yeah. Inspirational. For your, for your fortnight. Motivational. Something Sometimes old. motivational. I was told by a listener that we are not as interesting when we are happy. And isn't that the truth of the world? <laughs> we're not as interesting when we're happy. Like, well, don't worry. That doesn't seem like something that's going to be. That was a blip. Our very positive episode last one, it was definitely a blip. But yeah, they're like, it's just, it's called angry And I like it when you're angry. You're more interesting when you're angry. Cool fair i think that is the default so yeah i'll also say that half of us has received some listener made merch and the other half of us did not is... did not this half did not you want me to angry about something yep where i want i want my finn squirrel shirt i received an amazing finn squirrel shirt and now michelle is 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 calling for hers crushed bring it to her you know who you are thank you but not thank you yet from Michelle. <laughs> thank you and not thank you yet. <laughs> I think they okay. call that manifesting. Yes, manifesting. Prevenge. <laughs> Prevenge. My daughter just out of nowhere said to me, Mom, do you know what prevenge is? I was like, like <laughs> thought police? <laughs> Don't do that. It's such a great pun too, prevenge. And that's just like being mean to someone. It's an excuse. I'm just prevenging. <laughs> I knew what was coming. They're gonna do something to me, so. Okay, so this is episode 33. 33. And I go first, which is a shame. Because you are very excited about your weird thing. So excited about my weird thing. It's it's fine. I can wait. I am depressed about my weird thing. Oh well, that'll help make our listeners happy. And I yeah, I'm, I am very angry about it, and I'm very sad about it. No happiness here. And 
I didn't even want to choose this as my weird thing. It is very weird, but it's something I don't want to engage with. And so I ignored it and I ignored it. And I'm sure when this comes out, we're recording it a week in advance. I'm sure by the time this comes out, everyone will have heard about it. Be tired of it. Done. You don't need our take on it. No one needs anyone's take on it. I'm already tired of it. But here we go. What is because this? I had to keep reading. I'm sure you've heard about it. I had to keep reading article after article about this. And I will give you an example of some of the articles my eyeballs had to view. Will I be linking them in the show notes? I will not. I'm not engaging with this. We're not supporting it. So articles I have had to read over the past two days. Verbatim, Tucker Carlson, tan your balls if you want to be a real man. Tucker Carlson has a new solution for societal collapse, men tanning their balls. In defense of Tucker Carlson, touting testicle tanning. That one does have good alliteration. And please don't tan your testicles, even if Tucker Carlson tells you to. That's the one I read. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. Um, Not the in defense of. So... You clearly, by your reaction, have heard about this already. If anyone out there has not, then I'm going to, Vanity Fair sums it up better than I can, which is to say Carlson, Tucker Carlson, a Fox News pundit, um, has recently begun prompting a new documentary episode for his Tucker Carlson originals, an ongoing series I did not know existed, in which he asks his audience to be, quote, open-minded about a novel proposal to address the, quote, end of man. A real, not made up problem, of course, that the Fox host has identified. And again, I can't do better than the description that Vanity Fair is doing of what this is, and so here you go. A promo for the special shows a bunch of shirtless men doing guy stuff like shooting guns and cooking meat and swinging large axes. You shouldn't cook to- meat shirtless. Sorry. No, grease splatters, grease splatters. <laughs> to the opening section of Richard Strauss's also Sprocks Zarathustra. It's plenty on on its own, but it takes an even more surreal turn about 10 seconds in when the camera pans up from a dark pool of water to a naked man standing on a rock formation of some sort with a machine shining a bright red laser on whoa, his groin. Whoa. whoa. So that image that everybody's using to like, as the promo, as the, like the little image that goes along with all these stories, that the image the- that basically makes it look like he's engaging in a sexual act with a Tesla charging station. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually, that's an actual image from the episode. Like I thought that was like, some oh like my mock-up gosh. that we made to make fun of it or something. No, Have you not seen the promo? No, 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 no. Okay, then I think we have to have a on-air Michelle watches this promo and talks about it. Through Which is magic- hilarious because you're going to on-air watch some things for my work. So we totally are nailing this um, totally <laughs> not visual medium for you all. But through the magic of editing, I will play quietly the promo underneath what Michelle's doing. And before you watch that, as the internet sends it to you, I'll finish this. So the man has the bright red laser on his groin, which is not made up. A voiceover suggests that this would help produce men who are tough, men who are resourceful, men who are strong enough to survive and who can reestablish order. And now we will take you live to Michelle watching 
Okay. All right. The insanity that is this 50 second promo for Tucker Carlson's clip. I am starting documentary now. joke we I mean, all it still did. Might be, but I, yeah. <laughs> I thought we knew it yeah. was a joke <laughs> it's gonna turn out that like tucker carlson is some andy kaufman level those hard times inevitably produce men who are tough men who are resourceful men who are strong enough to that one can drink manfully and so the cycle begins again What cycle is beginning again? I guess the cycle of man. So, so has this happened before? I, I may, I, I have not yet watched the documentary. It hasn't come out yet. We only have the promo and another promo, which I will not um, make you sit through where Carlson does talk to someone about the testicle tanning, an expert who, who calls it bromeotherapy. <laughs> I so thought that this was a picture that we had like mocked up in or oh, I don't know what I, I don't know if I can handle this information. Yeah, I think the reason, even though I knew everyone might hear about it and I have nothing to add, is that I just couldn't sit alone with this. Yeah. Well, and I needed to make you also suffer. So thank you, friend, for suffering with me. Basically, yeah. Um it's some documentary about how boohoo men aren't men anymore and if they do do a number of things but the primary thing is red light therapy to your genitals so that's the image that's being passed around is a man standing on a mountaintop arms spread naked to the world as he gets red light therapy to his dick um and testicles so, and it is mainly his testicles. I think this is like a sperm thing, something about yeah, some I don't testosterone know. promotion, something. Yeah. Yeah. So red light therapy is but a aren't, thing. Aren't testicles like literally yes. located Thank there you, because <laughs> they're supposed to be kept cooler? Like, isn't that the anatomy? Yes. Did you wake up this morning and thought you'd talk about the finer points of testicle? anatomy no and, and the evolution of them no but i like, i mean but i did like, learn this at some point that the whole reason yeah. that like mammals are outside the body is to keep them cooler not exactly exactly keep them and in we, light and warmth yes exactly they're hanging off your body not inside of it so that they can be cooler not heated up not exposed to heat so that does raise a lot of questions about what is this doing? And yeah, most doctors recommend, especially if you're trying to conceive, if you have issues with your sperm count, stay away from heat, stay away from electronics. Don't get those near your genitals, but no, Tucker Carlson says, put them on your genitals. Again, red light therapy is a thing. Have you seen those like serial killer Jason masks that you wear on your face and it glows red and that's supposed to help you look younger. Um, so that is the same kind of thing. That's red light therapy now that a lot of people put on their face and you can wear it. Um, it's moving down, it's moving down the body and the totally always 
infallible, right? WebMD tells me that red light therapy, otherwise known as RLT, can be known to help skin, muscle tissue, and other parts of the body heal or recover. That's kind of how it became popular was it was used in hospitals after certain kinds of burns or scarring to help skin repair itself. You get exposed to low levels of near infrared light, part of your cells called mitochondria, sometimes called the power generators of the house. The mitochondria is the, the powerhouse, powerhouse of, the of the cell. Yeah. Yes. Um, they soak up the red light and make more energy. Maybe that's the thought behind it. And some experts think this helps repair, helps the cells repair themselves and become healthier, spurring healing in muscle and skin. Now, I don't know why we need the skin of the testicles, right? In theory, if this does anything, it helps you repair your testicle skin. Um, but several of these articles I read did talk to medical experts, none of who said this was a good idea all of who said this was a bad idea, that at best it's doing things that are known to lower your sperm count. At worst, it could lead to cancer, right? That if you're putting this light on your genitals, you could get um, testicular cancer, cancer of the penis. These things exist. Pretty bad. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Why are we doing this? Because as Tucker Carlson has told us, men are in crisis. I didn't I did and I didn't know about this. I didn't know Tucker Carlson was doing it. This is, you know, on my radar, I know that there was the gender majority flip in enrollments at colleges and universities, and that freaked people out. I saw so many academic conferences about how can we save men? So yeah, it's in the zeitgeist. I think this is an insane thing that the answer is to put red light on your on your parts. I will end this. I have nothing to say about this, except why is this our world? Um, it, it really is. It just is no better than goop. It's no better than Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Running around, putting stones in places. It's worse. The stones aren't going to hurt you. So I think Tucker Carlson is like creating his own right wing goop. And we should keep an eye on that. I will end with this dialogue. Again, I cannot sit alone in this knowledge that this is the world that is happening. This is the time stream we are on and in. Um, Between the great philosophers of our time, Tucker Carlson and Kid Rock, who apparently I was unaware that Kid Rock is hanging out on Fox News now, also as a pundit. I remember when we just listened to his music when we were little. So Tucker Carlson is talking to Kid Rock, who he refers to by his Christian name, Bobby. And he says to Bobby, he explains to him his new miraculous testicle tanning. Tucker Carlson himself does refer to it as testicle tanning. And so Kid Rock says, dude, stop. Testicle tanning? Come on. I haven't heard anything like that in a long time. Carlson, open your mind, Bobby. Don't you think at this point, when so many of the therapies, the paths they've told us to take have turned out to be dead ends that really hurt people, why wouldn't open-minded people seek new solutions? Kid Rock, I don't know what the hell is going on in this world. I'm not even sure if I understood that question. 
but some days you just want to stop this planet and let me off. I mean, scene. I might be with Kid Rock on this one. I I hate to say it, but between the two, that is the saner take. Stop. I want to get off this ride. You know you're doing poorly if Kid Rock is even getting behind your plan. That's it. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm just sitting with that for a second. Okay. It's, too, it's too much to sit with. I had to just get it. I just had to purge it from out of, outside of my being. And now it's out of me. And I don't want to think about it ever again. Well, I have a palate cleanser. <laughs> Yay. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, this is... I had a totally different weird thing and came across this today. And I was like, nope, this is, this is it. This is, this has got to be the one. Um, do you follow Duolingo on TikTok? <gasps> I am so, I saw this today. I am so happy about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I don't, but I know what this is. Let's go. Okay. Oh listeners you are in for a treat and not unrelated to what i'm talking about no it's really not (laughs) so duolingo how are you going to describe this michelle (laughs) if you listeners if you thought testicle tanning was difficult to quickly sum up wait till you hear what michelle's got i I didn't practice either i maybe didn't think this through So Duolingo is the app that helps you learn languages and you play it on your phone. And it's very, very popular among wide swaths of the population and children and adults alike. And for some reason, they have a very, very, very strange TikTok presence that is just not really related to what they do and very weird. So they recently did a collaboration with the sponge brand Scrub Daddy. And this was a TikTok collaboration. Uh, Have you seen both videos? Yes. Okay. I am going to play it anyway, since it's like- Yeah, I would love to see. Unlike the Tucker Carlson thing, I could watch this all day long. Yeah, and I need need to see it again so that I can accurately describe it for people. I mean, honestly, you should just go watch it is the- Yeah, we will link this, we will link to unlike the Tucker stuff. Can you see it? Yes, there's the the lovely Duolingo owl. So the Duolingo owl, and this is on the Scrub Daddy TikTok. And it says, uh, when we visit the Duolingo headquarters and the owl is like in some big open, you know, open floor office space. And it shows a giant Scrub Daddy, which if you're not familiar with Scrub Daddy, I I don't Um, know what you've been doing. Yeah, why aren't you watching Shark Tank more? Um, But it's, it. I have one. It's a very nice sponge I have a I have a scrub mommy which is like a sponge on one side and like the the like soft sponge on one side and the hard yellow sponge on the other side it is a uh cleaning implement it looks like gender a little, is a construct everyone <laughs> a little smiley face uh people like it that you can stick like your spoons in the mouth to get them very clean um you can stick it in the dishwasher so it stays cleaner than other sponges I don't know people Ooh. really really love them um And yeah, so it has a giant one of those dressed up as like a mascot and it's interacting with some people on a couch and the Duolingo owl is mad feeling like it has been displaced. Left out. Scrub Scrub daddy's the life of the party. Yeah. Just over on the side ranting about it. And then 
Um, so that was posted three days ago. And then the next day, <laughs> this is, here we go. The next day they posted um, I another do wanna, video. I do want to say the caption for this from Scrub Daddy's account is words can simply not describe this beautiful moment. Boy, howdy. I'm glad you came. Yes, yeah, so glad. Um, to I'm glad ocean. you came in all oh. came in all capital letters with little wave emojis next to it. With yes, all of those implications. Um, it has the Scrub Daddy mascot and the Duolingo Al kind of hugging, and then there is a montage of the two of them together, ending with. I would say Michelle, that hug is more of a Scrub Daddy Scrub Mommy hug, <laughs> Mommy and Daddy hug. Well, I mean. Hindsight, hindsight. Maybe, maybe. Discussing what we just did about uh, testicular location, I feel like there's some key elements missing from. Well, do you, okay. Again, I'm just saying for what's about to happen, I might be (laughs) overreading. But again, I don't, you don't know where the reproductive organs of a scrub daddy are. But we know owls well remember i don't i don't know where owls i assume i know where owls reproductive organs i don't think it's in their eyes (laughs) i feel pretty confident i'll give you that that it's not i'll give you that one owls reproductive organs not in their eyes fair fair Why are we talking about reproductive organs at all? You may wonder. That's because <laughs> this video culminates with the owl seated, spread eagle, the joyous <laughs> scrub daddy dancing excitedly next to it as it gives birth to little owl-shaped green scrub daddies. And they, they do pop on out. They pop right out. You, I'm going to replay because if you look closely, you can see the hand of the person inside of the owl tossing out these. I did not see that. Okay, they're hugging. He's waving. Oh, we did it. Now he's supporting her. There's like a Lamaze class vibe. Oh, I can't see the hand. Yes. Someone has to crouch back there between the mascot's legs, throwing out new product. Great. I love capitalism. So that's my (laughs) weird thing because what the hell? What the hell? Who would have thought in a week when Snickers tweeted, the veins are back? Did you see this? Oh my God. Did you see that corporate social media? Wait, wasn't there a Tucker Carlson? One of the conservative ones was complaining about. Hold on. I got to look this up. I'm sorry, everyone. If you don't get that tweet where basically Snickers had an image of an unwrapped Snickers and said, the veins are back, go down that internet rabbit hole of, of corporate social media thirst traps. No, because the whole reason that they're saying the veins are back is because some right wing commentator was mad that they took them away. 
Yes. And that that was some attack on men, right? Yes. Right. Because was that Tucker Carlson? I don't know. I feel like we have to do fast research on the fly here. Right. And yes, for those of you who have not caught on, if we haven't talked enough about genitals yet, it's a joke that the, the, the chocolate, the raised chocolate portions on a snicker look like veins in a penis. I'm sorry, mom and dad, <laughs> to hear your daughter say that. But at least you get to say it in your t-shirt. Oh, <laughs> yep. You get to say that we're in a t-shirt. Michelle doesn't talk this much about balls and penises and wears her shirt. Yeah. Oh, so there is, um, there is from the Philadelphia Inquirer about the scrub daddy ethos, I guess. And they say that this is, this is a like trend in marketing right now. The kind of, um, embracing sexually charged posts referred to as being quote horny on main. So there's just this whole, there's this whole trend of this. And these are mainstream brands, you know, like Duolingo and Scrub Daddy and Snickers are not some like racy, edgy, you know, like they are appeal to the masses brands. Like they are not, I I don't, and I think it's working. So this is a, this is a quote from um, the founder of Scrub Daddy. His name is Aaron Krause. He said for the last two years, people were home cooking, cleaning three times a day, and they have plenty of time to sit and look at videos on their phones. And because of that, you know, the interest in cleaning products and sponges has gone through the roof. And we've been right there with the engaging TikToks. So, and, and it, it worked that video, that insane video that we just watched has 1.6 million likes. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess it's working. Like I, I don't, it didn't, that's the thing, right? They're doing it because it works. And so I guess the even more interesting question is why is this working? Right? Like what are, I mean, I owned a scrub daddy before I saw this video. I don't think this video Wait, would make me go buy one. It doesn't make me not want to buy one though. It but it's kind of like, making me want to buy one. Not because I need to see the Duolingo owl pregnant with scrub daddies. That's not the hook, but we are talking about it now. And, and in the conversation, you told me you have a scrub daddy and you love it. So maybe it's just bringing it up. Like maybe it's just, no, that's all it is, right? You just have to push through and have your name in there. And I mean, how, how many, how much brand loyalty do you have to a sponge, right? Like there's not a lot of competition for name recognition. So if you can have the name recognition, like that's powerful. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So your weird thing is that this week, this very day, the Duolingo mascot got, got pregnant by the scrub daddy. Scrub mascot. daddy. Oh, daddies are very hot right now. Dad, like daddy culture. So maybe scrub daddy is really trying to put the daddy of scrub daddy front daddy center back in scrub daddy. Put the daddy back in scrub daddy. <laughs> You people, you're the problem buying your scrub mommies, Michelle. You made this happen. Also, where's scrub mommy? Why isn't he having a baby with scrub mommy? Obviously, it went south. I you know, guess. Pandemic put a lot of pressure on a lot of relationships. Yeah, a lot of couples. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah. Well, good for you. You can get it, Duolingo Owl. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
gonna I'm gonna move on to my pop culture, which I kind of wish now I had made the Snickers Bane controversy. Oh, because then we would have all these connections already. So many connections. I did not. Um, I instead want to talk about TV because it's what I love to do. Um, I very quickly want to say that a few weeks ago, my pop culture thing was a kind of nonsensical thing on mall culture, right? I was like, I don't know what to say. I like that one. I got to talk about recommendations out of that. Yeah. Um, I stand by it, but this week on Netflix, they dropped white hot, which is a documentary. Netflix pumps the documentaries out. Um, but I will say this happened this week. I'm always, I think about three to seven weeks ahead of the curve to where I can't really do anything about it, but I know what's coming. Not that I can be a cool person or make cool content or dictate the trends, but I just see the wave as it breaks. So maybe I don't get caught in it. So White Hot is a documentary on Netflix about Abercrombie and Fitch, the mall store. And this is not my pop culture. I just wanted to reference it. That um, if you have a spare, I don't know, was it 75 minutes? It was so weird to watch. It didn't tell me anything I didn't know, right? It was mainly like Abercrombie and Fitch's hiring practices are extremely racist. The entire corporation was built on like a predatory company culture. It's bad. Is it, is it, I saw some headlines about how they would like circle like letters to say whether somebody who had applied was hot or not so that they would yeah. know. Yeah. That they would only hire attractive people. There was a huge lawsuit over it. And then instead of like acquiescing to the terms of the lawsuit, they changed the name. They split their workers in two groups. And anyone who worked back of house, they called something, but then everyone who worked in the front of the store, they just called them models. And so since they were hiring them, not as store clerks or salespeople or retail workers, but as models, they got to be as discriminatory as any modeling agency or any modeling job. Which is pretty discriminatory. Yep. So um, I just want to say, hey, mall culture is definitely out there. And that's another example. I also have never felt older as in the, in the beginning of it, when they were like explaining as if it was a Ken Burns documentary with slow zoom ins, like mother, I'm in the war about like what an Abercrombie and Fitch was and what a mall was and how like some people went to hot topic. If you were like this and some, and I just turned to dust as it happened, (laughs) just blew away. It was great. So that's not my pop culture, but my pop culture is another Netflix show that seems custom made for me and which over the weekend I did watch many episodes of with my niece. It's her new favorite show. She is five years old. And I think that's a good age range for this show because I love stupid shows, but this was not for me. The show should have been, and it made me mad of what could have been. It's, is it cake? Oh, I'm show. watching Is It Cake is with it my cake? kids. Yeah, it is. I watched an episode alone and hated it. Then I watched it with a five-year-old, loved it. Just chanting, is it cake? And really, what do you think this one's cake? I will say, um, watch it with a child yeah. or don't watch it at all. No, well, 
I had very high hopes for it. And I hope I'm not stepping on your toes. Or I bet we have the same critique. Think we're agreeing. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't take it seriously enough. Like, exactly. You've you exactly. got to play this straight. You can't, exactly. you can't come in and be all ha ha. This is a silly mm, game. No, like you, you need to, is it cake? The, the part, Go ahead. Tell me the part that bothers you the most. I bet it's the part that bothers me the most too. I have many parts that bother me. The first is the overarching, not taking it seriously. The joy and the splendor of the cake phenomenon of 2020, 2021 was that it looks so much like cake and you cut into it, seeing something, your whole worldview told you this is the way it is. And then that changed in an instant, even though the thing itself never changed. I think we all needed that during the pandemic, right? It was said a lot about what we were looking for so but to make things that look that good takes a lot of time and the way this show is structured is there are portions in which professionals have made like like production has taken all the time they need to make cakes that look like other things but then there are contestants that have like eight hours to make cakes that look like other things which is not enough time to do it convincingly. But they still so they do, have they do a they pretty do good. good job. They do so this is not good. this is not a nailed it situation, right? The people no, who are on no, here no, they are, are professionals. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely talented, but it's just not enough time. You need a couple days to make something that looks super realistic. I've watched enough cake shows to know that. Um you can't do it in 8 hours. And so the show goes through like a number of hoops because they know it's not going to work. One of which made me so mad because in the first episode I didn't, I missed that they could do this, which is every contestant has to choose something like a, um, a volleyball or, or a beach ball. And they have to make the cake that looks like a beach ball and place it amongst a f- like five other real, real beach, balls. beach balls. And here's the thing that makes me mad. They get to doctor no the real objects. So- but only, I've only watched like four episodes, but only that one guy did that, right? No, because it, it happened it's again. part of the show. No, okay. Because I, I the taco guy, cheated. the taco guy made me so yes. mad. I, so I, this I guy that made tacos, yeah, yeah. thank you. Guy that made tacos made unrealistic looking jello tomato. And then he threw that unrealistic jello tomato on an actual taco, a real taco. So of course they chose it. Cheating. It's cheating. But no, you're telling but me no, it's not cheating? You're not in this show. It's not. They can put, they can put real objects. They can put cake items on real objects. And that is cheating. Even if the show says it is not cheating. And I hate it. When I, when I tell my daughter that that is a feature and not just this feature, she's going to like write them letters. Like they're, they they need to, they need to brace themselves. They're like ripping handles off buckets. They're spraying them with things to make them look more matte. They're like putting coconut flakes on shit. They can do that. I hate it. That's so, part of the show. What I hate is that they make the judges come in. So the way that, that this is judged is they bring in three people who don't really seem to have much expertise or qualification to be judging to begin with. No. It seems mostly like, oh, you have some association with Netflix. We will bring you on yes. the show. <laughs> fine. Fine. Are but you available? Do you need a paycheck right now? Come on. They have to stand like 30 feet away from the, maybe not. Yeah. Close. But like pretty far away, a room's length away from the cake and the decoys. And then they have like 90 seconds to agree on a number that all of them have to agree. 
It's they only get pad. one choice. And I've only watched like three episodes, but every single episode that I've watched, they don't come to a consensus. It's just yeah. a panicked, you only have two seconds left and one of them randomly hits a button. And so yeah. it just, I mean, I guess I don't really care. Obviously, <laughs> like- it's about, oh, look, this person made a cool cake that isn't actually a cake, or like they made this cool thing that doesn't look like a cake and it looks like this object wasn't that fun. Like that, that they just wanted some premise where somebody it could make something. better though. But because they're not giving them enough time, they have to jump through all those hoops of the judges standing too far away Which, and the cheating with other if objects. If you're going to make that show, then just make, make that show. And exactly. It's just, if, if it wasn't in the budget to let everybody cook for or make cakes for three days, you didn't need eight contestants or whatever. Let three of them compete with, I just like new contestants every week, show off your skills. I, I just, I don't understand how, if this is what we're going to do, then why don't we just go all in? You don't, you don't have, you don't have to do this. I feel um, like this is a very bad sign for Netflix. Well, and headed. Did you see their announcement? I know, they, like, I know. As someone who uses a password from someone else, Thank you, same people who made me the tree squirrel shirt. Um, the fact that you can't share passwords, they're going to maybe start showing ads on Netflix. Man, if they start showing ads, I'm gone. I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm out. out. And I I very much, like, I don't password share. I subscribe to nine bajillion things because I'm very, like, I don't password share and I don't, like, use incognito browsers. And I'm very much, like, if I'm using this media, I have to buy it. Um, and, I, like, I, why don't they just charge more for an account where you can password share. Like, I don't understand why that hasn't, like, why don't they just say, oh, this is how you use Netflix. That's how much it costs to do that. Like, why don't they just do that? I feel like people would pay for it. And because it also just creates, it's going to create so many problems of how do they know? Like, what if you want to travel and you do, you watch it on your phone, you watch it on your computer, you watch it on your TV. How are they going to account for that? It's going to turn into the nightmare that is being a teacher and trying to show movies on the overhead projector. Have you gone through this where it's like, it's like Canopy and your university pays for Canopy. So you wanna show your students a movie on Canopy, but once you plug your computer into the projector, all of a sudden the software's like, you're trying to share this. We won't play it now, even that's the whole purpose. I, and I feel like it's gonna break Netflix. I cannot watch in my, sorry, I'm, you want, we, you want me <laughs> you to wanted an agreement people you got it i subscribed to apple tv so i could watch ted lasso and all i want to do all i want to do in this world is watch ted lasso on the monitor that i have in my kitchen and i can not do it because it says that i am stealing it i just want to plug my iphone up and make it and i've tried like 97 different configurations like to the computer to the monitor to the thing and it just like it's like no you're trying to cheat us I'm like I just want to watch I just want to not have to prop my phone up against a teeny tiny thing while I'm walking around my kitchen cooking I just want to watch the thing I pay for in my house why can't I please 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 and please and I yeah I mean I just I don't well did you see this is what turns this is what creates people like me that I can watch Ted Lasso wherever I want on Plex illegally download right like what like why are you punishing me i'm the person who paid why yeah Yeah. um and and did you see that cnn plus already got canceled it's only been in existence for like a week 
Um, yeah. and I think it's because of the Netflix news. Like they were like, oh man, we're not putting our eggs in this. Yeah, don't anymore. if if like the king of all kings is doing it, we can't. But then what is gonna happen? Like what what's gonna happen? Oh, to- I heard a really interesting thing though, that because Netflix is is losing um it was an interesting talk and i apologize they cannot remember the name of the presenter but um basically they were talking about yeah netflix is losing subscribers and they've lost like twenty thousand, i think it was but they're projecting that they're going to lose about two million in the next year which like the solution isn't include ads and make everything worse but because they're afraid of this they are going into they're saying, well, you know, Netflix, now they create so much new content. It's where we get so much media. And they're starting, Netflix themselves too, are starting to put forward the same argument we heard from airlines and banks that they're too big to fail. And there's whispers that like the government or something is going to, have to fucking step in for Netflix. Too big to fail, Netflix. And I guess when you have so many salaries riding on what you do like because you know you want to be like how can they be too big to fail but like think about how many people are employed through netflix original content and netflix production and like i don't know this is i don't know the weird world we live in okay it's yeah i don't know i do have good news for your is it cake issues where you said exactly what i was thinking if you're gonna do this show which is a wonderful idea for a show do it right and there is a show michelle that does it right and basically the whole is it cake which kind of was like a tiktok instagram thing and people had wonderful cakes that looked like things that were not cake and then cut into them and we all liked watching it in 2020-21 that actually originates further back quite a while back with this Japanese concept of sakuri sweets, which are like sweets that trick you and make you think there's something else. And so from 2014, and I encourage everyone to go seek this out through legal or illegal means. I think there are old episodes on YouTube. Um, There is a very, very, very good show called Candy or Not Candy, which is a Japanese show from 2014. And basically what they do is they take the experts, they give them lots and lots of time and they create an entire room. And it looks like a room, like it's an office. And some of the things in that room are real. And some of those things in the room are candy. Brilliant. Like like sugar candy, chocolate, things that make things look more real. And so they put people in the room and they have like a very limited amount of time to look around the room. They can't touch anything. And they have to choose something they think is candy. And then the way they just, they discover if it's candy or not, is they are forced to bite into it. And there's something so satisfying and so fun about their faces right as they're about to take that bite to be like, am I going to bite into a shoe now or cake? Am I gonna break my teeth on a door handle or will it be chocolate? And it's so good. And you really can't tell that things are so convincing. You don't know what's gonna happen. I will link to an article about it that just has gifts of the people about to bite and then biting. It's amazing. Delightful. It's the best. 
And so, why, why did it, is cake not learn from this brilliant model that they already had? A shoe, which is almost a decade old. Candy or not candy. It's the best. And that's it. What is your pop culture for this week? I'm a little surprised that your pop culture didn't involve the masked singer. Has are you not am I fa- am I falling behind as it started? Oh no. How have I come to this? Do you you don't know what happened? Well, is this okay? First of all, I have to sit with my great disappointment in myself and then sit with how I am genuinely disappointed. I'm genuinely disappointed with myself and that is causing other emotions that I need to not take Masked Singer and my Massacre Phantom so seriously. But is this about, I heard several months ago that like two of the judges walked off set because of something that happened on this season. So we just found out why. Is it finally airing? Yes. And now we know why. And are the rumors true? Is this your pop culture thing? It's not. This is not my pop oh, culture. Oh, okay. So is it Rudy Giuliani? It's Rudy Giuliani. It's Rudy Giuliani. Fucking Christ. No. Yes. Yep. So it's good. No, I behind. heard this. I heard this, this like, this. um, oh. I heard a few months ago that, yeah, the mass Singer is so careful about how they film so things don't get revealed. But I think Ken Jong and um, Robin Thicke. Blur- Robin Thicke when that was revealed, they were so offended because they and, don't want to be on the show with him. They walked out and they yeah, told everyone. And, and uh, Ken Jeong, like, literally was like, I'm done and walked out. And then Robin Thicke, you just don't see anymore. But then the other two judges are like dancing along. Yeah. Right? When, Ken, when he starts singing, Ken Jeong's like, I'm done. And like walks away, like very like. Yeah, because even there, you could just see. His, his just freaking out being like, I regret all my life choices. You could see him going over his contract in his head in that moment. Do I have to see and his bank I'm, account. Do I have to clap? What did I say I would do? Yes. <laughs> he was doing careful mathematics between contract, current bank account, rest of his life saving. Okay. All right. So that was not my pop culture thing. That was just me commenting on how being I thought like, it would be uh, the pop culture. Um, down the job. So- my pop culture thing is the new social media app, or at least the new as far as I know. I'm I, if you are a few weeks ahead, I am a couple months behind. Um, but be real. Do you know about this? This oh is, okay no I don't know so about this it. This is one. And there's a lot of these that are like popping up, and then you know there'll be a flash in the pan, and like the the power of a social media network is whether or not other people join it, and you can connect exactly. with your friends. Um, and so. I only have one real life human being who uses it that I know right now. And I, um, but it is basically once a day at a random time, it sends you a notification and says to take a picture and you have two minutes to take a picture and be on time. And it takes a picture from your front camera and your back camera simultaneously. So you're supposed to hold it up and take a picture of whatever is happening in front of you and get a picture of your face as it's happening. And it's supposed to just be this, no filters, no, um, you can like, if you take the picture and it's really bad, you can like click and retake it within the two minutes or whatever. And you can post late because like, you know, what if you're driving or what if you're at work or, you know, like, um, but if you don't post, you can't see anybody else's. And so, um, 
And I, my, my friend joined it and was like, was anybody doing this? And I was like, ah, I'll do it because it's, it's such a minimal time commitment too, which I, I kind of like, right? Like, yeah. That's part it's not like so attractive was that it's like, oh, it's just one puzzle a day and not something that's going to suck my whole life away. Right. Um, right. The potential so, for rabbit holes or doom scrolling isn't really there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is, you know, it's not people sharing links about like some thing that's so distant from them and disconnected from them. It's really like, oh, what are you doing right this second? Um, and I, I don't know. I, I like when I first read about it, it was like, this feels really hokey. I don't know that I am going to like, like this, but I kind of like it. Like, I think it sounds wonderful. Yeah. There's something kind of beautiful about like, oh, this is this little snapshot of my friend's moment. And like, I kind of like looking at my own. Like, oh, oh, definitely. That would be such a fun timeline. I think I kind of like it because there's an app. I think it's called just one second, but you're supposed to take a video and it's like one second of every day. And that feels like more of a time commitment. You have to edit it and and then you have to watch the whole thing. And I don't like video very much. This sounds like a better version of that to me in a lot of ways. Well, you You should join other people's. I have the app store pulled up as we speak. No, I think that sounds really cool. I really like that. And I like that it's the front. I mean, I don't because I'd rather not take pictures of myself, but there is something about that that I like and I want to see other people doing that. And there's this whole thing about you never putting yourself in photos enough. And then you do regret that you want to see yourself over time. So I really like that. And there's some kind of feature to it that I have not used yet where you react to people's photos, but instead of using an emoji, it's, you have to take a picture of your face. Like it's Aww. like your face becomes the emoji. So if you want to smile at them, you have to really smile. If you want to be sad, you have to be like, so. Oh, I like that. And there's a lot more nuance there yeah. and how to do it. Be like, as we make faces no one can see (laughs) yeah yeah everybody let's use it let's start let's start it up okay let's move on then to research academic things i'm going to apologize because i think much like previous ones i don't have an answer but this is something, this was, this comes from a question I was genuinely asked this week. And I just wanted to try to find answers, even though I knew the minute I was asked this question, there is no one answer. I could spend the rest of my life answering this question, but it's kind of why I was so excited to be Those asked it. The best questions. Exactly. So I am going to apologize in advance that I was talking about testicles. Now I'm going to talk about butts, all about butts. And that is primarily because did, I saw child you watched is it cake with ask you this question. Oh yeah. You <laughs> like, you got it. You know, this child and you know, how much questions about butts children, child, children love to ask questions about butts. Yes. This child is a, sp- and has for a while, even when they were learning to talk, the phrase chicken butt was outlawed. And so we decided to go to the Nelson Atkins museum in Kansas city which is a great museum. And I have not been in that museum in a long, long, long time. It was very nice to go to a museum, but we were a little worried about the kids. Are they going to be interested for long enough? Because that was that was the negotiation I had to make that I was there and I wanted to spend time with my niece and nephew. I wanted to see how to make sure 
I get a lot of time in the museum. And I came up with the best answer, which was I told my niece we were going to have a competition once we got into the museum to see who could see the most butts. And so I had my notebook, we kept score, we had rules, and the winner had to, got to make the loser do a silly dance in the museum. High stakes. It is high stakes. High stakes. So we proceed to go in and, you know, it's a museum. There's so many butts. And the whole time we're in there hours. Do they have to butts. be naked butts to count? Um, they either have to be so prominent that you can't ignore it. It's, it's the actual subject of the art or otherwise they do need to be naked. Okay. Yes. That seems like a fair rule. Um, the other ins and outs of the rules I'll get to later because I was a little, a little upset about some of the rulings as was my father who found one piece of art that he said had 85 butts in it, a single work. And we automatically disqualified him because that was no fun and we wanted to continue looking. So at the end of the day, I was counting and tallying up and I lost by five, just five butts, but we found well over like 35 butts. And that's just running through the museum with a five-year-old. And so my niece very seriously looks at me and says, why are there so many butts in the museum? And that is a good question, isn't it? It is a good question. It's an age old question, I think. Um, So I I really said, you know, I I think I'll go research it. In the moment I said, well, they're fun to look at, aren't they? (laughs) Which wasn't really the best answer. Um, I asked her why she thought there were so many. And we talked about like figure painting for a while, but it was, it was kind of a missed lesson. She was already out the door. I will also say that Nelson Atkins has an amazing thing where they give you a pamphlet with a scavenger hunt on it. It has like seven pieces of art in the museum and you have to check them off. And if the kid checks them all off, they get to go to the gift shop and they give them a full museum poster, like a poster of an artwork That's for lovely. finding everything. It's amazing. So we did that too. And that was great. So to answer this question rather briefly and unsatisfactorily, why are there so many butts in art? Because there are, there are many, many butts in art. Um, One of the most obvious ways that I answered, this is how I kind of answered it to my niece. Oh, they're fun to look at, aren't they? Um, So an obvious answer, one most in line with my primary theoretical framework within art history, which is feminist theory. And I'm going to take an aside to say this very week, I had to remind someone else within the field of art history that feminist theory is indeed a methodology within art history. Of course it is. It is. It's a methodology within the history of art history. It is one of many methodologies like psychoanalysis like formalism, Marxism. Marxism, exactly. So with that in mind, the kind of shortcut feminist methodology answer would be that people in power create and view the art that is in museums. And the idealized viewer 
of most art throughout the history of art is a cis European man. Um, a man that has money and wants to look at pretty things, which include butts. And it isn't right. Most of the time it's more about a nude form, right? It's a nude person and their butt is there. And this idea of kind of this male gaze, it's not gendered as much as it is powered, right? It's about who is in power is doing the looking. So I would also debate, I do debate sometimes, can a female gaze exist? Is it possible? I will just say, go read Laura Mulvey. She's great. Looking further into it, I will say um, art historian Kenneth Clark, who is often described as a seminal art historian, he wrote a book called The Nude, A Study in Ideal Form. And he says, you know, the nude form is a means of affirming the belief in ultimate perfection, right? Art is about aesthetics and aesthetic ideals and perfection. And so and the ideal body, I mean, like if you've read any of the like ancient Greek stuff, like they were very into like the bodily form and muscle and symmetry yeah. and yeah. Showing that off, right. And according to Kenneth Clark, great women's bodies are an inherently erotic vision of ideal beauty and that shifts between cultures most of what i'm talking about here is what we saw in the nelson atkins which is mostly european art so why so many and i realized while leading my niece to the museum that most art in a museum is religious in some way that was also fun it's especially christian-based religion not only the weirder contexts of art like there's a thing that I've talked about here before when you see a baby's head and it only has wings that means that baby died unbaptized and is in limbo and I tried to explain that concept to my niece and she did not like it she also yeah, no, tried I, I could say <laughs> not going over very well <clears throat> no she said what's limbo I said eh, never mind we moved on um I also explained to her about patrons buying art so they could get into heaven right there was a window and she's like well I know that's Jesus but who's that I'm like well that's the guy who paid for the window why is he there because when you pay for it you get to be in it why would you pay for it because then they think you get to heaven she just looks at me and goes is that true <laughs> I was like I know no I don't you can't buy your way into heaven let's move on anyway so there's there's a lot of religious art in museums and then they utilize nudity. One of the reasons for that is kind of what we've been saying that the human body, which is created by God is a marvel to be idealized, to be celebrated. And that can be one argument that again, holds true. Like you said, for Greek and Roman imagery that you need to have the idealized form as a nude. There's the heroic nude and usually male, right? The Greeks tended to clothe women in their art and that tradition of men would be nude, women would be clothed, wasn't broken until the fourth century BCE when Praxiteles or Praxiteles sculpted a nude Aphrodite. And the story of that nude Aphrodite is fascinating and involves someone getting semen on her. Go look it up. That's not what we're talking about today. Um, this carried over to the Italian Renaissance too, very religious period. And they, during the time of believe the female body was fundamentally inferior to the male body. Um, you know, going back to Aristotle, 
we're not, women aren't formed properly in the womb and they're lacking the heat to push out genitalia. Ironically, that could be a pre-connection. <laughs> Tucker Carlson, put that heat, make sure those genitals are pushed all the way out. More often than not, if we see a nude, it's going to be a male nude, which is something interesting and then kind of argues against in some ways this male gaze. We'll get to that. That um, pushes through. Northern Italy did really like naked women more, especially during the Italian Renaissance. Um, but again, most most Renaissance artists in the 15th century around then focused on male bodies. And so I have a pet theory that if we have more naked male bodies in art than female bodies, they need to show the backside to cover the front side. So we're not seeing it. We don't see a lot of, you don't see a lot of penises in museums. Why is that if there's so many male nudes? And there is a really, really ex excellent book I cannot recommend highly enough called Male Trouble by Abigail Solomon Godot. And she goes through a lot. It's a great book on the male nude in the history of art, if you want to know about that. But part of it is that it would just be uncivilized to show male genitals. If they do show them, I have a lot of snickering students sometimes go, oh, why are they so small? Because it would be uncivilized to have large genitals for the Greeks and Romans. Um, but more often than not, they are covered with a sword because that then it's phallic, right? The sword is covering up their genitals as a symbol of their power, or it's a draped piece of cloth that's really big. It's a great book. Go look into it. Um, I learned when I was looking up this nudity that at least according to the John Paul II, the Pope, that there were different levels of nudity in religious art and that in sacred art, you can have nuditas naturalis, which is kind of the natural state of humanity, Garden of Eden, we don't know we're naked. There's nuditas temporalis, which depicts poverty. Sometimes people voluntarily being at one with nature, um, but it's a reliance on God for what we need that we'll be naked without him. There's nuditas virtualis, which symbolizes purity and innocence. Um, this is like when the Magdalene, the penitent Magdalene is a theme in art, is often shown naked and her hair is covering her to show how pure she is. And then there's nuditas criminalis. And that's the bad one, obviously. Um, it represents the horror of lustful passion and vanity. And if we want a good example of nuditas criminalis, I might say, side note to talk about Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel. I've talked about it on here before. We know there's a bag of dicks in the Sistine Chapel, but I think a lot of times we think there's nudity in art and that makes nudity okay. Nakedness and nudity are very different things. And we think, oh, it's just always okay. But I do want to reiterate, the Sistine Chapel is covered in nude bodies, beefy, beefy male nude bodies. Michelangelo was gay. A lot of his models were from bathhouses he was sleeping with. When the papal master of ceremonies, Biagio de Cessna, went to see what Michelangelo was doing, he said the fresco, the Sistine Chapel was totally inappropriate. 
It was outrageous. It was more suitable for public baths or taverns than a chapel and tried to shut it down, but he didn't. Um, And he said it was disgraceful that so sacred a place should have been depicted with all those nude figures. But it was made anyway. And I will say Michelangelo drew him naked with a snake biting his penis in the Sistine Chapel in response to that criticism. (laughs) That work is the gift that keeps on giving and there's a lot of butts in it. So beyond religion, art historian Joe Hedges puts it pretty well. Sometimes painting a nude figure is as simple as you want that painting to feel timeless. How do we make a painting classic, a a, a historical? Um, We don't want to decide what era of costume we're putting it on. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. It is timeless. Yeah, it's a good way to say. I mean, clothes are always, always, I mean, like even something, if you put clothes from five years ago and it's going to be dated, like even, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the timelessness. I, that wasn't something I also had not thought about it. I'm like, Hey, thank you, Joe Hedges. And then I found a really, really good resource. If you want to know more about butts and art, I didn't have time to read it before this, but Anne Hollander wrote seeing through clothes. And when it was written in 1975, it was actually very controversial. It kind of rocked academia and the art world. And um, she says, quote, buttocks, like other projects, were assimilated into total harmony, but they were obviously also admired separately. So she is saying butts are maybe special, butts are beyond just nudity. She says the masculine backside has even more readily lent itself to specialized erotic preoccupations because it thrusts itself on the attention separately. So there's a lot of writing about men's butts in that book. If you want to read it, I've already mentioned Abigail Solomon Godot's male trouble, which is great. I learned again, the Greeks and Romans, there is the Venus Calipygi, and that is known sometimes also as the Aphrodite Calipygos. Is it Greek or is it Roman? They copy each other um, or the Calipesian Venus. It literally means Venus or Aphrodite of the beautiful buttocks. Oh, yeah. And that really changed the game of how they would show naked women because she is looking at her own backside. And so the bending of her body to admire her own beautiful butt creates this really amazing S curve that then is copied and copied and copied even if they're not looking at their own butts. Um, other, other butt things, we're winding down. There is an Instagram account I'll link to called Art History Butts. So if you want to know, um, for $79, and I don't know if that's per person or in groups, you can get a tour of the Metropolitan Museum by art critic Howard Hall that is only about butts. And he rates the best butts in the museum according to his own private butt-o-meter. That does include horse butts, which brings me to my contention with my five-year-old niece. We agreed, animal butts counted, human butts counted. Then I found the butt of a centaur. She told me it didn't count because it was a human and an animal. Oh. And I could not talk her down that that should make it count twice. She said it did not count at all. It canceled human... out. It was like, like you know, yeah. negatives make a positive sort of thing. That's how she was seeing it. Um. And then 
Well, you lost like five, so it wouldn't have it wouldn't have made or break. It would have mattered, but it's the principle of unless that just took the wind out of your sails so much that you then missed subsequent butts because I probably was distracted because I was just thinking about that centaur butt not getting its day in court. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember brutal. They're so brutal. They're so brutal. (laughs) Early on in the pandemic um in 2020 when museums didn't know what to do with themselves and they were trying to keep busy there was the yorkshire museum in the uk over twitter challenged all the museums of the world with hashtag curator challenge hashtag best museum bum and so they encouraged all the museums to show their best butt so this is right this is a thing yeah this is a thing um i'll link to that but i do want to show you michelle I think far and away, far and away, Aberdeen University won the butt contest. I, I love that every category for our podcast has just had you and me sharing links and videos yes, with each other. That's that's the wrap up sharing. Um, the caption oh. of this is, who doesn't love a weaponized bum? This is, that is something. Is that fire? No. No. Okay. What Michelle is looking at is a um, illustrated manuscript of a cow or a bull spraying people with feces. Just psh. it is very spiky looking feces, which spiky is why I thought maybe it was fire. He looks so proud of himself. Like, look at that yeah. little, like, like Ooh. one foot up. <laughs> like, yeah, he's very happy about spraying these men. I mean, maybe it is fire. Maybe I have to oh, go. Oh, down I and- didn't even realize that he has been speared already yeah and the other one has oh so yeah they they totally deserve that he's fighting back they deserve it so i will link to that because i think everyone should see the weaponized bum i'll link to art history butts but but haha that's really it um i think yeah that idealized bodies show the human form they're nice to look at but also it helps something be timeless and out of time and just in case anyone wants to know, in case you asked, if anyone's asking, my favorite butt in art history is Jacques-Louis David's The Intervention of the Sabine Women from 1799. All right. I'm just sitting with that now. Just, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of like thoughtful pauses in today's episode. Yeah. My research thing is pretty short. Um, it is about citrus. Oh, So I just, I actually have been sitting on this one as my, like, if I need a research thing on a week, I can't have a research thing for quite a while. But the reason that it comes up this week is because I have been trying, have you had the blood orange tangerine spindrift yet? No, no. Okay. So they tell me that it exists and (laughs) they tell me that it is on the shelves. Spindrift says a lot of things, Michelle. Well, and Target tells me that it is on the shelves at my Target. And I do curbside pickup. And, you know, they always are like, nope, you can't have the things you said you were yeah. going to get. So then I had a shipped deliver delivery. So I, I put in the like special request because it says that it's in stock, but it won't let you put it in the cart. So I was like, please, please, please. If they have blood orange tangerine spindrift, will you please bring me some? And like, three different times people have like sent me pictures of the shelf and been like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I would believe you. Like, you don't have to like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not, 
not a tyrant. Um, but they, but I cannot, I have not yet had my blood orange tangerine spindrift. And I really would like to try some because citrus, citrus flavors are my favorite flavors. I really, really like citrus. And so do you know that citrus we know from fossil records, and we only learned this in the last like 10 years or so are 7 million years old. And so they wow. date back. Yeah. And almost every commercial citrus fruit in existence comes from one of three types of citrus, all native to South and East Asia. Almost everything that you know of as a citrus fruit is a mutation or a hybrid, often intentionally crafted by humans. So the three primary types of citrus are citrons, pomelos, and mandarins. Almost everything else is some hybrid of those three. And there's cit- so many questions. The citrus family tree is so complicated that in 2020, there was a proposed new taxonomic system to demonstrate which ones were pure ancestral species. And in that category categorization, they focus on four specific ones and then the hybrids from those, but they wanted to create a naming system that would show which ancestral tree it came from within the hybrids. But our layperson naming system is an absolute mess. Like we call almost every green citrus fruit a lime, even though most of them don't have any genetic, like very little genetic overlap. So they are all genetically distinct species from one another. And we just call them all limes. Um, And true mandarin oranges are one of the basic species, but we tend to use the term for any small, easily peeled orange citrus fruit. Um, But here are some difference between some common things that we call mandarins. So a mandarin, the true yeah. mandarin okay. still exists. It is the, uh, the original and it, it's the one with flat ends. So if it doesn't roll, if you can like set it down, it looks like a pumpkin. It's easy. Okay. To yeah. I That's that. like legitimately a mandarin. Tangerines come from mandarins and look a lot like mandarins, but they have thinner skin. They're usually slightly bigger and they are usually, um, slightly brighter than a mandarin. Mm. Clementines are another type of mandarin orange that has been like bred. They're smaller than tangerines and they have no seeds, which is one of the things that they were bred for. Right. So that they're easier to eat. Yeah. Um, so a lot of what we get in like American grocery stores are clementines because we don't want to be cuties. Yeah, Your... the cuties. Those are my favorites. Mine too. I... We eat like bags and bags of them in this house. I will say that I like that the off brand I found of cuties are adorbs. Adorbs? they're not as good but the name is better the name is better man cuties has got to be kicking itself for that i know although i don't know how timeless that is i don't know if adorbs will last oh yep it's the The better one is the cutie is the naked butt of of the clementine (laughs) world less and less like a naked (laughs) butt um, and then satsumas, which are even smaller than a clementine, they are the smallest of all the mandarins and they're very tender Aww. and fragile. So they're hard to find commercially because they don't ship well. I want one. Um, the, just some more citrus facts I found, uh, the Meyer. But what lemon. is, sorry to interrupt. What is then? So that's like all kinds of, so there's citron, which I assume is like lemons and limes. Any, anything we call lemon or lime is citron. What is, is pomelo like grapefruit, grapefruit and grapefruit? Yeah. What else would be pomelo? A pomelo. The pomelo, which apparently I have not had a pomelo, but they say that it's, they're like, like a grapefruit, but sweet. Ooh. And I want one. 
Um, and then mandarins for the oranges. So, okay. But a lot of them are combos of each other. So like the, again, like you're saying, yeah. it's very hard to untangle. Um, so the Meyer lemon, which is a very common popular lemon was first brought to the U S from China by Frank Meyer. Um, but it almost killed all the citrus in the United States because it carried a virus that mm. wiped out millions of other citrus trees. So they had to like go and destroy all the Meyer lemon trees because it was killing all oh, of wow. the citrus trees in the United States um, until there was a, a strain of it found that did not have that virus or that was resistant to that virus. And then they were able to bring it back commercially, but it almost wiped out all of the U.S. citrus. Oh, citrus. Um, recent history, we are also dealing with some citrus diseases. There's a little Asian bug called the citrus psyllid, I think it is, P-S-Y-L-L-I-D. It's a teeny tiny little bug that goes from tree to tree and um, spreads a disease that is killing the trees. So we, yeah, we still have citrus Yay. threats to this day. Um, there are some citrus varieties that I did not know about. There's a citrus plant called, or citrus fruit called the Buddha's hand or the fingered citron. Have you seen those? Yes. I only know about those because a MFA student at UNC made artwork with them, but they're wild. They were really cool looking, but they have no flesh or seeds. So they're not like, you know, you can't like peel them and eat them. They're like all skin and pith. Um, And then there's the, the citron, the, what is it? Like basically the thing that lemons sort of all come from is super thick rind. Like it's like, you know, almost a solid inch of rind all the way around. It, it looks like a wilted lemon to me. Like it's like real oh. lumpy and lumpy, um, but it's almost all rind. Like when you cut into it, there's, it takes a lot to get to the fruit. But there are also a ton of specific proprietary varieties of any citrus one, and they give them all these bizarre names. And there's a new trendy citrus fruit as of last year called the Tangor. Well, I don't know when it started, but it became very trendy last year. The Tangor, which is a hybrid of a sweet orange and a tangerine, and it's been especially popular for use in exotic drinks. And that is all of the citrus research I have for you. I had a blood orange for the first time in my life this weekend. I want, I like blood oranges. I think they're, I think they're prettier than they taste, but they're very yeah, pretty. Fair. Well, and it kind of depends. Some of them are pretty sweet. Like you, if you get a good. A good I could one. see how the juice would be good more than just trying to chomp at it. Like perhaps in a spindrift. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. Callback. My favorite spindrift is the tea and lemon. Mm, my favorite is the grapefruit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Should we recap? Yeah, I'm feeling good this week. I feel like we weren't too happy, but I feel happy with all my choices. And I feel like I learned so much. Mm, but is there a thread? All right. Okay. There has there. There's some outliers I'm, I'm having trouble with. So let's go. Yeah, let's go over it. So weird thing, my weird thing, and I apologize again, was Tucker Carlson's bromeotherapy, where he says the way we save men is by having them put red light on their testicles. My weird thing was that this scrub daddy mascot impregnated the Duolingo <laughs> mascot. I'm sorry. I loved it. I just love the the sponges coming out 
Okay, um, my pop culture thing was the Netflix show, Is It Cake? And it's failure to commit. Exactly, it's flaws and the superior show, Candy or Not Candy. My pop culture thing was the social media app, Be Real. I'm excited to join that if my phone will let me. And then my research thing, was butts in art. Why so many? Why so many? And my research thing was citrus. Why so few? <laughs> why so few? Butts, why so many? Citrus, why so few? Uh, okay, well. Okay. So I there is definitely a trend between my research and my weird thing with like idealized forms, whether that's good or bad maybe the cake thing could be no uh, no nope there's something about okay so the be real and the cake is it a real cake or not and then carlson be are you a real man but also um, you genuinely thinking that image was making fun of this thing and then it was real that's kind of an is it cake moment that yes. mo- that that yes. moment of I was viewing this thing through a lens and then the whole lens broke apart, even though that image did not change it. My mind broke. Yeah. And the, the pop culture or the, my, my pop culture, the be real app is that's what it's designed to do is to break the, like the gaze of the perfect Instagram worthy moments of your life and just be like, Oh, are you, you know, a sweaty mess right now? You're supposed to take a picture. You have two minutes, you know, like, are you, you know, just lounging in your, watching trashy tv we want to see it right like so to kind of capture you in your to break the lens of of the way that we curate our lives so often so i think that that feels like i don't know where the rest of them fit in yet but that like you think things are one way but there is this other reality and intentionally forcing you into that somehow yeah like I thought I feel you were just that, a sponge, but apparently, apparently, impregnating owls. No, that that breaks the lens in so many ways. The yeah. last thing you expect when you see that TikTok is sponges to be flying out of the but from between the legs of the Duolingo owl, and um, it definitely makes you look at Scrub Daddy differently. And they made and so Duolingo. many of them, and they had to like make all those sponge owls. With it, as far as I can tell, they're not selling anywhere. Like, I don't think no. it was. A- it was for that gag, that nonsensical gag. Um, I mean, were you, like, this is, it's because the people who were raised on these, like, Skittle commercials are now the one making commercials. So how do you get more absurd? The people who were just spoon-fed absurdism now have to cook the food. So, well, of and course, this is what TikTok you get. TikTok accounts, so they don't have to, right. like, get it by any major network exactly. executive or anything. The people who grew up on berries and cream, berries and cream, I'm a little loud to love berries and cream, are now, yeah. Um, so that that fits. The, I think the citrus fits, because... I, I definitely is going to make me look at citrus totally differently to be like, what are you? Are you a Clementine? Are you Mandarin? If it's just butts. I mean, you talked about how like, it's mostly the back because, you know, like here's this nude body, but we can't show you the front because that's indecent. So I think, which is just sort of silly, right? Like 
Right. But and there, there are some, there are some wonderful images, some of my favorite butts, um, because they have to be so, and this happens more with women because women's bodies are breakable, bendable, and they are just for viewing consumption. But there are so many pictures that if you look at them, the bodies are contorted in ways that aren't physically possible so that you can see the boobs and the butt. So oh yeah, like the, like the superhero things. pose, right? They're like, how right. could you possibly show both your butt and your boobs at the same time? But they do. Yeah, and the, the Venus, the Venus Calipige was the original of doing that where she's, she's gotten both cause she's twisting around looking at her own butt. Um, so yeah, so you're, you're, you're breaking not the lens so much, but a body and how, how we think bodies work in you order know, there's, to turn it into this other thing. Yeah. There's like Angra's, um, Grandad Alesk, which everyone points to, cause she has like twice the vertebrae of a normal person so that you can, she can stretch and see her butt. Okay, so I think that concept we have is great. I don't know how to capture that. All right, well, we've said break the lens several times. Maybe it's like break the lens, semicolon, something else. All I can think of is um, the Who song from Tommy about, do you break the mirror? (laughs) Which is not helping my brain come to any decisions. are we breaking lenses or nothing's that's why I think the way this is so satisfying is nothing's breaking. It's just such a perspective shift, right? Nothing's breaking and nothing's changing, but our perspective of the thing in front of us is shifting so much. But we're not the ones does is the satisfaction and why we like all these things in that changing your perspective is hard and it's something we know we should do and be open to but it's hard work to do on your own so to just watch a cake do it makes us feel better does that make any sense cake like i know i should have empathy make life have meaning again I know I should be empathetic to the suffering of others, but the best I can do is be like, whoa, I understand that this shoe is actually cake on the inside. <laughs> I um, feel like I just moved us further away. I apologize. Um, no, I feel like there's, I feel like the, but you're right. Like none of these lenses were actually broken, right? Like we didn't dramatically change our understanding of the world so much as just, is it, but it's not really like a peek behind the curtain either. You know, like it's not like a get to see. No, because that's the thing. Made. They're showing us what it is. Yeah. And then just like, we're like, whoa, it is different. I thought it was this thing. And then I spent more time and learned it was a different thing. We're so quiet. I know this one, because I feel like we could get really something good with this. And I feel like we're there, but I don't know. Is there a metaphor? I mean, it's almost kind of like a kaleidoscope, you know, like where you're like, you've got all the same pieces, but then you turn it and it's a totally different picture kind of thing. Yeah. Except again, I'm going to just say that the picture, the power of this is that the picture isn't really changing. I guess it's you cut into the, I, is, is the metaphor, is the app. The B-roll app where it it takes the photo from both ends. 
like the the person taking it and the yeah. thing being taken that double at the same time i feel like that's a metaphor for everything we're talking about so so then we need to like, we're like, seeing like, the creation we're seeing the creator in the creation so it's like the the like uh double mint gum commercial like the double double your pleasure double your fun double something it's you think it's one person and then the twins yeah they step out from behind each other and it's twins um Be a double your something, double your something, like a double your perspective, double your fun, double your viewpoint, double your fun, double your viewpoint, double your bum. (laughs) These are really, this is really close. I feel like this This is, is, this is why it's frustrating. Double your vision, double vision. How about we move away from double gum? Double vision. You think it's blurry. You think something's wrong. What if double vision isn't always blurry? Double vision can bring clarity. Okay. Double vision can bring clarity? Double vision isn't always blurred? Ugh, no. Double vision isn't always... Okay, double, like, ugh. Now I feel like there's something about 3D movies and how it's just off and then you put the glasses on and it brings it into focus. Pulling this through different metaphors. Um, you're talking to someone who did visual culture and their, their advisor was a photography expert, a Victorian photography expert. So I can do this all day. You want to talk kaleidoscopes? You want to talk stereoscopes? Maybe something about stereoscopic vision? You know how stereoscopes work, right? Like magic eyes. That's two images. And so your brain puts them together and makes it 3D. Well, and then, you know, I, the duck rabbit metaphor. Yeah. Heavily in you my. Need, you need double vision to make your world dimensional? No. It feels a bit too technical. But I okay, so I think double and vision. I'm gonna take notes. <laughs> Back to it. Dragged out one, guys. Um, double vision. Double your something. Double your something is also maybe like a understanding. Um, like what is it that we're? I think I think where we're struggling is where where do you end up? Because do I have better understanding now that I know? Tucker Carlson is actually tanning his testicles or is that yeah sometimes no 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 I think yeah sometimes the pleasure is in is in the knowledge that you don't understand the world as well as you thought that's what makes it fun because you're being you're learning what you don't know you're being taught that you're not always right and there is some sort of pleasure in that to be like wow how many other things am I not right about right like yeah Like it might all be cake. Maybe that should be it. It's all cake. No, it can't be. It's all cake. It might all be cake. It might all be cake. Wow, that's really far off from where we started. It might all be cake. No, but that sounds sounds depressing to me. 
Because the joy is we don't, is it? Is well, it? but in order for you to have the is it, then it has to be a maybe. But you're not saying maybe it's cake. You're saying it might all be cake. Nothing well, yeah. else. All the individual things might be cake. Maybe cake? Yeah, maybe cake. Cake, maybe? Cake, question mark. Maybe, question mark. I feel like we're getting too close to what's that video game? Like the cake is a lie. Portal? Do you know that? No. no I have no idea. I, there's some video game and like and like the people who love it are like the cake is a lie and that means something but I don't know what it means. We could um we could reclaim that. But the cake isn't always a lie. That's the fun, no. right? No. I'm also thinking Eddie Izzard and Cake or Death. So, so, so cake question mark. So we have had a very smart discussion. And then we just narrated it all the potential we had from the start about like, about like, you know, media metaphors and ways of seeing. And we're gonna funnel that down into cake. Question mark. Do, do we feel good about that? Question mark. <laughs> I want you. Okay, hold on. I want you to imagine you've opened your fortune cookie. You when you cracked it. it open, there's no fortune because it's a cake. <laughs> <laughs> the fortune cookie is a cake this week, so there's no fortune inside. Okay, the fortune is cake. The fortune is cake. Maybe. I'm sorry. What were you gonna say? No, I was, if you unroll it and first you see cake question mark, and you're like, what? And then you unroll it some more. Maybe question mark. I feel like that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And then it's cake in your hands. It crumbles away. Cake? Maybe? That would also be good merch. Cake? Maybe? Front says cake. Back says maybe. That would. We're going to have all kinds of nonsensical shirts. That if there is one thing I am good at, it is making merch for things that are not asking for merch, for, for ventures that do not require it or want it. I, I will wear it. a cake, maybe shirt. So let's get a cake, maybe shirt. I'm going to do that. I have a silk screening thing. I have, this is going to happen. It's done. It's done. Everyone cake, maybe, maybe till next fortnight. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>